Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Oh, oh my gosh, Jackie Cation here. I am in New York City. My friend Liz still has her tray up. And uh, but it makes for an excellent background. <laughs> welcome to the Dork Forest Rangers, and welcome to the Dork Forest. Gabe Molica. I'm doing it right, right? Or did Malika. I put the Molica? Oh, <laughs> God dang it. I had I th I knew I had the accent right, but I didn't get the actual Molica. No worries. You are you also a stand-up? I am, yeah. That's that's okay. how I got started. But also okay. storyteller, solo show, all that shit. Right. So you have a you have a solo show now off Broadway mm -hmm. uh, called Solo, a show about friendship, and it's running and it's been extended and it's game. Uh, Gabe Mollica, uh, solo, a show about friendship, and people in New York should find it and go to see it. Yeah, please come. If you DM me, I'll send you a promo code. And oh, there it's you a sh It's a show, but I open by just being like, I don't have any friends. And people are like, what? Like, what do you mean? And then what I, do you mean? 
I tell Dude. some stories for an hour. It's good. It's oh, people great. seem to like it. Yeah, it's fun. And it's at Gabe Molica for all the things, right? Instagram and Twitter and all that. Yeah, please. Find G- me. I post G-A-B-E. incessantly. I oh, can feel Fred. the comedians muting me. You know when that happens? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I live that. Uh, it's G A B E M O L L I C A. There we go. Perfect. Now, now, all that business out of the way. Let us discuss <laughs> your love of theater. The theater. It is, <laughs> and I've done several episodes about the theater. And last night I went and saw, because uh, I'm in New York, I went and saw theater. And what did you see? I saw Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. Oh, that's a good Sutter. ticket. That was it. It was a heck of a ticket. My husband bought it for me for Christmas. And he also bought a, a ticket for one of my friends from college because he's not here. He's a good man. Uh, yeah, oh. and they were really good seats, too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. He's the so, best. It was so good and um, super fun. And the kids were amazing. And oh, so talented. I'm always so, I was always so jealous of those kids because I grew up on Long Island. So we'd go to see Broadway shows and I'd be like, these kids are my age. How'd they make Broadway? <laughs> right, right. How did they get this work? And it had to be cronyism. Uh, yes, of course. Or nepotism or Nepo something. Nepo babies, yep. Yeah, there had to be something like that happening. And you're like... No, wasn't there anyone who browbeat their own parents into making them do this? Yeah, yeah. it's maybe there was. I'm sure I, I've heard sort of stories of that. The kids just insisting, like, I need to go to auditions, and the parents are like, "Do whatever you want." Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, had a, I, I, I actually babysat for a woman, uh, for a kid who's the woman. She wasn't in the industry in Los Angeles, uh-huh. but her oh, daughter wow. was like, "I need to act." Wow, and uh, and she was seven or eight, and huh. so she, she made, she like got an eight, like she made her mom get her an agent, and and oh my God. and my friend Deborah, who's the mom, was like, I don't want to drive this kid to audition. What a pain in the ass! And yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm thirty. I don't want to do this either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what did you? So you grew up in Long Island, and you actually went to see Broadway. Like, did you come to Manhattan? We would go to Manhattan, honestly, like in middle school and high school, like student trips, like it was kind of like a field trip thing where it'd oh. be like, or you'd go to like a Broadway show. It's like it was on its last leg. Like we saw Rent like the last month before it closed. With the original cast kind of? No, no. Okay. The, anytime, any, so anytime it would be like the producers with Nathan Lane, like those were always like the crazy tickets. But like you would see a Broadway show that had been running for a long time. That's when they started to invite the students to like pack it out during the matinee shows. Okay. Um, so I'd go see musicals and I, but I started to be in musicals in like fifth grade. Um, we did Bye Bye Birdie and I was just like, Wait, that seems fifth fun. fifth grade did Bye Bye Birdie? Yeah, I, don't even, I was Mr. What is McAfee. That, what's the storyline <laughs> of Bye Bye Birdie? I do not it's remember. It's like an, oh, it's an Elvis type character and he's like going to, as a, he's going to go off to war and as a publicity stunt, he's going to kiss a random fan on live TV. <laughs> okay. And so they, they picked this like random girl from Sweet Apple, Ohio and, I played like the grumpy dad who like doesn't want her to be around boys and like hates children. Right. And just like so fun. Just like me in a sweater vest, like looking like a chubby 40 year old, <laughs> but like in fifth grade. And I was like getting but laughs. I was like, this is, yeah, but yeah. I'm 10. And I was like, this is sweet. I'm like getting laughs. I'm like singing. This is so fun. And when other kids like didn't love it, I remember going to basketball practice and be like, do you guys ever do the plays? They were like, no. I was like, why not? They're awesome. <laughs> Right. That's so weird that they didn't do the plays and you had plays in fifth grade. We, oh, yeah. we wrote our own plays in fourth and fifth grade. Uh, I remember we wrote a Robin Hood thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I, this, I'm not the hero of this story, but uh, <laughs> I think I was in 
No, I must have been second. It must have been second grade because we wrote That's this early. Robin Hood thing, and one of the kids, her dad made wooden swords for us. Like he made props, and they were so cool. And I tried to steal one. So <laughs> I still dads are the coolest. I felt so bad. I still feel bad about trying to. I was like, "How would you let that go? You were eight, and yeah. uh, so you didn't." Yeah, it's okay. You, you're not a bad person. It's all right. right. It wasn't. I I literally I tried to steal it legally though. I tried to get her to sign a piece of paper that I was going to write a contract that <laughs> you're was so gonna, sweet. I was a very weird child. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, and she was like, "None of those kids were my friends for the rest of." Uh, our life, life, still not friends with them. Anyway, so, uh, so in, in so your fifth grade was it big enough to have a decent sized cast? Yeah, it was like every class, like I mean, you would audition, and it was like a whole production. This woman, Mrs. Waring, just was like really into it, and it was like kind of like a rite of passage. Where in fourth grade, you'd like see the fifth grade production, and when I was a fourth grader, the fifth grade did the Music Man, and oh. I remember being like, these are the most talented people. I've ever right. seen in my life. And like they walk among us, you know, like you'd see them on the bus. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, and then, oh my God. And then because the, it was all kind of like a feeder to the high school, which did a play in the fall and a musical in the spring. And then you'd go see them. Wow. And if you thought the fifth graders were good, the high schoolers were, well, you know, it was like you saying Hugh Jackman. It was probably better. Well, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, first of all, Jen Kirkman, I told her I was going to see it. And she said, it couldn't have been better than my high school production. That's so funny. Because <laughs> it I, feels so... Uh, I relate... When I saw South Pacific, the movie, and I had I had seen South Pacific, our high school production, I was like, yeah. I liked our production better. And you're of like, course. calm down. Like, what? And granted, yeah. in your case... You you and all the other kids had been acting for six years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's true. So like we, every once in a while, we would have somebody really talented. And there's a part of you that's like, oh, like you could make an impression on like a little kid. Yeah. Um, That is like very real. But also I think there was something to, we weren't like on our phones. There was no YouTube. So if you wanted to see like a musical, mm -hmm. like it was like, it was like the first kind of art that's like in 3D, like right in front of you. Right. And you can see the costumes and the the mess ups and the... The, it feel, the, it's felt so real. It, right. Oh, that's an excellent point. Because when I was a kid and when anybody did put on a play or something like that, or even even our like our like band and orchestra, you were like, this isn't bad. Yeah. And, and I went and I saw my niece, Maya, who this had to be 20 years ago. She was in. She was in the choir, and then there was also the the orchestra. It was like a group high school production, right? So the orchestra played, uh -huh. the band played, and the choir sang. And they were all, well, new. Let's just say that they were new. Yeah. But I <laughs> laughed until I cried because they were so not that bad, but not good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there yeah. was just like, like literally, <laughs> this is not... This is not Suzuki kids playing the violin, right? Yeah, yeah. They're like picking their nose. Right. They're yeah. just like, I'm going to join in when I can. It's sort of yeah. the, very much the think system was yeah. actually happening. So a little callback to the music. Band. There you go. Yeah. I'm right so, there with you. Bye Bye Birdie was your first one. Were uh -huh. you Were you in most of them? I was in. I was in at least one musical from fifth grade until I graduated college wow. every did you, year. Did so you guys? I got really into it. 
did you guys ever do flower drum song? We did flower drum song and there were no Asian people in my school. <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was a Polish reimagining by Miss Kuligowski, our choreographer. Oh, Miss Kuligowski, shout outs to her. <laughs> um, y- we know she's listening. Um, the, you know, what's funny. There's a long history of like schools not having the racial ethnic sexual gender <laughs> diversity to do musical theater because it's like these shows are based on broadway which is like in new york the most diverse place in the world right and then so like my friend michael breslin who's like a genius theater person pulitzer prize nominee like truly a genius wow. was once was one time in a all white production of the all black production of a christmas carol <laughs> What? <laughs> There's an. What? I know. How, did, how did that even? Why <laughs> would they do that? And why wouldn't I, you just go back to the all white one? What I the hell? I don't know. You'd, yeah, you'd think they'd, they'd cancel each other out. You're like, well, we can't do that. Right. We are here with this melanin count. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. And it's like, it, the answer's right in front of you. It's like, just do the Christmas Carol. It, yeah. It's about all white people. But they were like, no, we're going to do the black version with no My black people. My friend Jim Wooster was in in fifth in his fifth grade in South Dakota, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, wow. Uh, where I'm going to be this weekend, by the way. Hey, comedy plug. Anyways, there you go. Snow Jam. But Jim Wooster did um, a The History of Jazz was their production. Oh, in wow. fifth grade, in 1977. And so they put the kids in blackface. Oh, no. Oh, right. no. Not okay. Not yeah. okay. And you go, well, it was 19. You're like, it's 1977, not 1877. And yeah. you're like, yeah. well, South Dakota. You're like, no, still not okay. Yeah, and, so bad. Yeah, so bad. He has a picture of himself, and, and he's just like, <laughs> this isn't. Is, is there any way that I could run for something? Probably yeah, not. Prime Minister of Canada, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Right, right. That guy. So, which, what were the ones that you were in before? Oh, so yeah. much, so much good. So, you know, it's funny. You were talking about, like, um, we were talking about, like, the local celebrity of it all. So, in sixth grade, I was Daddy Warbucks and Annie. Nice. And in seventh grade, I was the King and the King and I. And both those characters are bald. So, yeah. I shaved my head twice. So wow. for like years, like in my town, there's like a certain group of moms that are like, that's the kid that shaved his head. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the commitment to that. You're like, yeah. I'm not wearing a bald cap. I'm shaving my head. And yeah. you kept being cast as the 40-year-old guy. Oh, yeah. For years and years and years. My sister used to call me Daniel Gabe Lewis. My method acting in, in middle school. My brother Russ once asked me if I ever wanted Thelma Ritter's career, and I was like, I would kill for Thelma Ritter's career. Are you of kidding course. me? Anyway, so Daniel Gabe Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I played all the adults, and then it's funny in eighth grade they were doing Oklahoma and I had been like these lead parts. So I was like, well, I'll just be curly again. And I watched the Hugh Jackman version on DVD. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll be curly. He's the handsome guy. And at this point I was like pretty schlubby. And they're like, you get to be Judd. <laughs> like, you get to be the oh, rapist. Oh and my that God. was the first time in my life where I was like, oh, actually like the secondary part, that's like where you get to have a lot of fun. Oh, interesting. Um, and I, Cause he's darker and like, Oh, there's um, a lot you're more not there. The star. Yeah, there's a lot there than Curly, who just like everybody likes. Right. Um, but the weird thing is, is you also, I mean, I took an acting class, and I've told this story before, but uh, the uh, acting class, the teacher 
we had to go get headshots. It was, it was like the second semester and you had to go get business stuff. And I came back and I was like, I like this headshot. And the acting teacher <laughs> said, this is a great picture of you. This is a really good picture of you. You're going to get a lot of auditions from this picture. And then you're going to show up. <laughs> you're like oh and i knew exactly what he meant yep, but i was yep. like not out loud he was like out loud i'm so sorry someone yeah. uh, if i don't say it a casting director is going to be really mad at you you're, so you're gonna love this so i did edinburgh fringe and you okay. have to just pass out flyers with your face on it <laughs> and it's a really nice picture that Mindy Tucker took. I'm very proud of it. Very and nice. like literally everyone was like, you don't look like this. This guy's hot. <laughs> 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 so I'm like promoting my show, but for an hour a day, I just get called ugly by Scottish people. <laughs> just one after another in a perfect accent. There's like, you're fucking. Anyway, so you're not this guy. You're yeah. Like, this well. <laughs> professionals were involved. That's what, when I first started online dating, um, I, the only digitized headshot I had was a headshot. Of course. The only digitized picture I had, cause it was 1999, uh, mm -hmm. 1998, something like that. And, um, so in my bio, I said, this is a headshot. <laughs> professionals <laughs> were involved. Yeah. I look something like that. Yeah. And there's lighting. Yeah. Yeah, makeup was involved. I'm going to show again. It's, I'm going to show up. Yeah, in a, oh, yeah. In, in in my good sweatshirt. How about that? <laughs> the <laughs> finest hoodie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm wearing a very nice hoodie right now. Ooh, so important. Is this Long Island? Oh yeah, it is. What? This is fate. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's Long Island. That's Long Island. Someone gave me this. Uh, someone gave me this. This That's sweatshirt. Yeah, wear it with pride. Right, right. I don't know where they got it, but uh, they said it was it was made in their hometown. Where do you live on this fish? On, Go to uh, YouTube, kind of, you rangers. <laughs> yeah, watch it on YouTube, and it's by like the second rib, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, what, what, did you take the Long Island Rail? The Long Island Railroad. And it's so funny. People are like, did you like hang out in the city? And I'm like, no. Like it might as well have been like a – like it was like a thing that you like. It was a day trip kind of, it was, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, we're going to like hang out in Brooklyn. Like truly, I did not know where Brooklyn was until like after college when I like moved to New York. Oh, I'm, And I looked at a map and I was like, what is this? <laughs> where, Where is everything? Yeah, yeah. I'm staying in Brooklyn and to get out of Brooklyn is is always a project. It's a huge, especially on the weekends, Jackie, because it's going to like the trains will switch up. You got to like. Oh, no. A, well, at least the Google Maps, uh, they, they're almost idiot proof. Th they're these almost days. idiot proof. Every once in a while you get screwed by them and you're like, update. <laughs> and right. And the other thing is, is I'm real close to just I, I've been taking like the subway out and the mm -hmm. lift home. That's the that's the play. Because right? it's only 10 days. And I have free lodging for two weeks. So oh, yeah. I'm I'm like, this is money that I would spend on a hotel. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and my favorite thing. When a friend I get to stay with a friend and I like get to buy them a meal and I'm like, oh, your steak way cheaper than a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so much cheaper. And I speaking of food, I'm eating two meals a day in this apartment. Oh, there so, you go. Again, I'm saving another probably forty to sixty dollars. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Come on. Come on. This is comics math. There's We've all so done this math. Comedian math while you justify the fact that I don't want to go into a subway system at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, nor so, should you. Nor should yeah, you. I don't want to. All right. I'm old. 
I'm You're old a enough star. to. I'm a star. That's right. I'm a, <laughs> as Maria Bamford likes to say, treat yourself like the Fabergé egg that you are. I love that. I lo- <laughs> well, so like I'm like I'm like a true comedy nerd, and so like you know I you and you and Lori like like been been a fan since I started, and I remember I did a show with Lori one time at um at at uh, Broadway Comedy Club, and I was sitting in the green room, and I just remember thinking to myself, I had, I was like a year in, I was like, this is cool, <laughs> like this this is the coolest. <laughs> well, and I, it's so true, and and then and then you're like, but we are peers, you know, everybody. Yeah. I was at a party once. Uh, and it was this sort of like women comics meeting other women comics mm-hmm. in or women in comedy. And it was um, there were production people, there were comics, there were comic actresses. And I'm standing there talking to Lorraine Newman. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I was like and then so a younger comic came up and was like, I can't believe I'm standing here with Jackie Cash and Lorraine Newman. And uh, <laughs> and I look at Lorraine. I was like, I think we're all peers. And Lorraine goes. Yes, we are, Jackie. Oh, that's and, so sweet. Yeah, you uh, you need the person at the top to confirm. Right, right. <laughs> the, are uh, we are we all on the same ladder? Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're at the same party. <laughs> we're at the same party. We all want it. We all want the same things, which is that gig. And uh, yeah, you know, so. you know what's funny? I remember when I started out in New York and like seeing somebody like. Oh, like Joe Firestone did the Tonight Show tonight. That's so cool. And thinking to myself, like, oh, but I also did stand up tonight. Like we're yeah. all just working. Like it's yep. not the same, but it kind of is. Like we all it's, kind of do the same thing every it's comparable, day. Comparable, you know. Like yeah. I, I was, I met Broadway tonight. Nice. Um, and here's what I will say. Let us briefly digress. Uh, just yeah. to say this about stand-up comedy in New York, and the I do a lot of the. I like a hat show, man. I like a hat. Uh, store or a weird bar or a weird, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I like an old show to some extent, but I also love the clubs because the clubs pay better and there's a little bit of cred. So, um, and I love all stand up, but what I have noticed about the MCs in clubs in New York is they will verbally beat the shit out of an audience for the 10 minutes that they're up. Yeah. You're like, yeah. What are you doing? I think they each paid twenty five dollars to be here yeah. to be obnoxious for you to be super obnoxious, and it's fine if they're sort of experienced comics. Mm-hmm. But if they're new at all, and they've been told that, and this is what they've been shown, that's how MCs. This is their thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, the other night at Broadway, this woman she had some very funny jokes, but in between that, all of her crowd work was, "You look like you would rape me." You look oh, like you no. sold roofies. You yeah. look like you're a, you look like you're a, a a school shooter. Those are three actual quotes. No, Jackie, and, no. And I was like, how is anyone supposed to follow that? Uh, yeah. Everyone's scared and sad now. <laughs> so yeah. the guy who went up first was this incredibly tall, kind of silly guy who was had a little dark, and uh-huh. um, and every time he went slightly dark, they kind of leaned back from him, and mm-hmm. he was like, no. You should know that I'm also very silly, and and because he was mm-hmm. also kind of silly smart too. His name was Troy something. Oh, Troy Bond, yeah, he's a staple, and, and he's like six four, right? So mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he's he. I could tell that he was goofy and silly and really fun, but he also was. He had a couple of dark, kind of little mean. That was mm-hmm. also, but not that much. He should have been able to tell those jokes and fucking destroyed. Yeah. But the audience was frightened. Yeah, <laughs> you, the host is like you're you're like welcoming to this party. And you kind of like need, for me fundamentally, sometimes like I won't do crowd work 
until I've told a couple jokes because I want them to be like, this is how jokes work. This is right. the rhythm of it. This is what yeah. you're going to get because yeah. you have to train them a little bit. Every time because a lot of them are, are tourists and they just saw that they watched Hacks yeah. or Ms. Maisel yeah. or, or some you know, totally. Louis C.K. show from the 12th century, whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, no, literally that. Yeah. My, my friend Renan, do you know Renan Hirschberg? He's a buddy of I mine. know that name, but because his name is like, Renan Hirschberg. Yeah. And so if you've ever heard that name, you will remember <laughs> you, that you, name. You, yes. <laughs> like, oh, from the Old Testament, of course. He He's like my favorite person to follow at the cellar is Colin Quinn, because okay. Colin is not going to fuck around. Colin is going to tell jokes. And he's, he's like, he's got jokes to tell. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so nice. Like, there's no gimmicks. Work. No, there's no, there, it's literally, he doesn't care. He wants you to, like, I don't do any crowd work. And when I do, it's always an error. It's yeah. always, I've, I've always said something inappropriate. I've, I've like, um, you know, sometimes it's nice. Well, mm-hmm. you two look like you are very handsome, good looking couple that do it. Mm-hmm. That, who does, they don't need that. That's a pep yeah. talk. Jesus. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> what? we can get back to musicals, which I'm happy to. And tr- this yeah. isn't how I think also big bracket, as they say. So yeah, we can talk about musicals. <laughs> and by the way, I am talking with uh, Gabe Mullica and it is G-A-B-E and then M-O-L-L-I-C-A. And he has a show off Broadway called Solo, a show about friendship. So, that's uh, everyone should know it. It's at his name uh, everywhere, and you can yeah, check please it out. see it. We so yeah. many shows. We added six weeks of shows, which is like the coolest thing in the world. That's it's so kind of cool. a dream come true. I started comedy knowing I wanted to do solo shows. Like oh, knowing, really? Like I yeah, like I saw Berbiglia and I saw Hassan Minaj and Jackie mm-hmm. Novak and all those people, and I was like, that's like I think I could do stand up, and I think I could headline one day. But yeah. like, what I really think I'm good at is this long form thing. So yeah. I'm at open mics, like doing like rice cake jokes and like silly, like observations and thinking to myself, like, does this fit the narrative? <laughs> like, <laughs> could I, could I string a narrative around this? Which is, which is not how a lot of comics work a lot. Like most comics I'd say don't in this country, at least. Right. Um, that Ed and the, the fringe thing. Yeah. The fringe thing. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about it is the near, every comic who does the solo show thing, we all kind of, you eventually meet each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, which is fun because it's like, like you know, Chris Gethard and Anthony DeVito and all these guys, um, you know, you work on your show together because it is slightly different than going up there and just doing and doing your 15. Right. And the weird thing is, is um, they were really, really popular in the late 90s solo shows mm, yeah. and early 2000s. And everybody had them and they were. You know, the, it was it was also the heyday of the first time alt comedy sort of came around, the Janine Garofalo's and all those guys. Yeah. And so I had always done storytelling on stage. So uh-huh. I started writing solo shows and then I tur- I would turn those solo shows into stand-up bits. Yeah. Because the thing is, is a solo show is just a long a story of how you came up with the joke and then the punchline. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. And so... Um, the, and it's so cool that it's back now that, that people are doing yeah, uh, people one are person into shows them. again. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I, today I was, I was, I'm, tra- I'm taking, this show's about 75 minutes and today I've, I've been shrinking it and typing out the five minute, like, oh, what's the late night set version of this? Yeah. So it's a completely different muscle. Yeah. Where it's like, and like premises Which are getting so, so much tiny. Material. So much material. And yeah. 
so, like I think it was I did two three 30 minute shows or two 30 minute shows. I tried to write the third one. Uh, it became less <laughs> in favor. There was a lot of mocking in the early 2000s of the solo show. I'm sure it'll That's come right. around again because <laughs> yeah. they'll be like, do you have cancer? Then we don't want to hear about it. Did you have yep. a miscarriage? Oh, that's not enough. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I was just going to talk because I did one about my dad and all of my um, brothers and my uncle. Uh-huh. And that one is sort of the chunk. Like, like literally, I've been writing. I've been continuing to write that my entire career. Uh-huh. And then the second one was about my mom and my stepmom and my grandmother and my sister. And then the third one was going to be just about my siblings because I have four, uh-huh. four brothers and a sister, and um, I'd sort of cannibalized them for the first two, so or the, the best stories already, anyway. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and- what's fun? I mean, just like as a young comic, what I recommend about it is that you get to—it's the first excuse you have to be like, "I'm doing a half hour." Yeah, where it's like it's a show. <laughs> yep. And like before that, like in New York, like you're doing two minute open mics, and suddenly I'm like, "Here's this half hour thing I wrote." <laughs> Anybody want to watch that? And watch? I, <laughs> the answer my, is no. <laughs> <laughs> my husband came to like me workshopping that second half hour, uh-huh. and he came to like the third or fourth workshop show to it, and. Uh-huh. I can't believe he married me. Uh, like he brought <laughs> friends and I didn't, I had never done any dating. So I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to let anybody who I was dating come to a show. Yep, uh, yep. So his friends and him came to the show and he famously, he tells me, consist, he, he's told me many times that they said, Are you sure you want to date her? She sounds like a mess. And I'm like, there's more punchlines coming. I'm just saying right now it's mostly the kind of the sad sack part of it. And uh, that's but, so funny, Jackie, that you think you could save it with more jokes. <laughs> I can always save it with there, more jokes. There's more punchlines coming. I promise I'm normal. I promise I will have processed this by the end of this run. That's so and, funny. Because that's I mean, I I don't know how people, you know, like you. Who writes plays? Is it Guy Who Yells, who was on The Daily Show? He's got a name. Louis Black. Louis Black. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. he was a Yale we're, playwright and yeah. then switched to stand-up. Yeah, so we're playing Password. Louis Black. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Louis Black, uh, he, he wrote plays. And when I think about writing plays or novels, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot like writing solo shows, is that you are processing whatever nonsense your, you know, sort of life is thrown at you yeah. and trying to make it compelling or trying to make it funny or trying to make it at the very least interesting. Yeah. And so what are your favorite musicals? Um, so I'm a, so I make a distinction actually in my show between there's musical theater and then there's Stephen Sondheim. And so pardon me, it's, doesn't he do all musicals? (laughs) Yes. He's all all musicals, but I I mean, like, so like I'm a musical theater fan, but really at my core, I'm a Stephen Sondheim disciple okay <laughs> in that like his musicals so like the he has a bunch running right now actually into the woods is on broadway sweeney todd is coming up on broadway with josh groban oh wow and merrily we roll along has daniel radcliffe in it right now okay and that just moved to broadway so he's kind of sometime even before he died last year was like having a cultural moment i don't know if you saw like marriage story with uh they sing a sondheim piece in that uh, I think I just saw some documentaries. I, I, I literally oh, I saw yes, some yes, short yes. short documentaries or there HBO. was a lot of, especially when he died, there was a lot of sort of retrospective, let's get mm-hmm. everybody who will talk about Sondheim, which is everyone. Which is everyone. Uh, yeah. 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 And you know what's so funny? Like 
the me being like a vocal like i'm a comic and i love steven sondheim like the sometimes i'll meet a comedian and we'll start talking about it and they'll be like oh yeah like i kind of like sondheim i'm like you like you're like a you, like a everybody? like a yeah every yeah it's it, he he finds a way because i think if, if you find characters that are sad enough yeah <laughs> the medium doesn't matter you know? right and i have to say i think even fran Leibowitz liked sondheim didn't she mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and she doesn't like anything she's I like know. mikey it's and- so funny you say her i <laughs> she doesn't like anything i invited her to my solo show and oh. I, she doesn't have an email address so i found her i found her home address online i like triangulated <laughs> her and i my letter to her says you might not like this but it would be cool if you came <laughs> it'd be cool if you didn't like this <laughs> yeah if you could somehow publicly not like this please that would come. be great yeah. yeah it would send others to yeah, probably would. like it i know how much you hate nathan lane please come <laughs> Yes, Jackie. (laughs) Your references are so good. Yes. (laughs) It's uh, I didn't see the kid that I babysat for who wanted to be the actress. Uh She had bootleg VHS of of that's the only time I ever saw Sondheim. She loved Sondheim when she was 11. So I saw Into the Woods. Like a a grainy VHS of Into the yep, Woods. Of that original cast. Bernadette Peters? Oh, she's so good, yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, I get her mixed up. It's not, I get everyone mixed up. But I mean, <laughs> the, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? It's She's a lot like Bernadette Peters, but I think she's, who played in, in The Princess Bride, who played Billy Crystal's wife? Um, uh, password, <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. Robin Wright's in The Princess Bride, but not her. No, no, who played uh, Billy Crystal's uh, Have Fun Storming the Castle. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not going to know it, but I know uh, who you're talking right. about. It's uh, Right. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to. We're going to go over. I'm good. These are very vital. <laughs> this is a vital question. <laughs> Miracle Max's wife was Carol Kane. Yes. So Carol I get Kane, Carol yes. Kane and Bernadette Peters mixed up. Neither one of them want to hear that. But uh, I'm sure they respect each other's work. They I, must. At Broadway the other night, I was sitting in the back uh, against the wall, and a guy leaned at me and said, You know that you kind of remind me of Roseanne Barr? And it was before I went up. And I said, Not out loud. And uh, I was like, I don't need to hear, I don't need to hear yeah. that. She's Inside nuts. Thought. And her stand up was just okay. Yeah. So let's never discuss it again. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, people sometimes think you look like something, you remind me of something is a compliment, and sometimes it's not. No, no, I I said that thing last weekend in Detroit to some poor dude in the front again, crowd work, not my jam. Yeah. You look like a young, and then I said very good looking Fraser Crane. Uh nobody wants that. But he had the same sort of receding hairline and carrot haircut, and he was wearing a turtleneck, so I think he knew. I wish uh, we lived in a society where that kind of clip could go viral. <laughs> it's, like, it's like comic calls man Frazier. Right. Kelsey Grammer logs in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the, so I have seen Into the Woods and I loved favorites. Into the Woods. I was like, yeah. I didn't I had never even heard of Sondheim. He's until- a he's a good gateway because it's the fairy tales, it's accessible. That's that's it exactly. I need all gateway. It has to be gateway for me when when something big like that comes into the because otherwise it's all the Music Man and Guys and Dolls and yeah, and those are great too. Those I mean those that's how I got into Sondheim first, and then for me it was like once I got into Sondheim I was like oh I can't go back. 
Like I still, I think the Music Man, like purely in terms of enjoyment, truly is my favorite because it's just so charming. It truly and, is. And I have. Do you see Sutton Foster also? Yes. Yeah, so yes. I have her book behind me about knitting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she wrote a book about knitting. <laughs> and my sister got it for me for Christmas, which I think says more about me than it does say about her. <laughs> um, but it's so charming. They're so good together. They're really um, fun together. You the- leave feeling like amazing. You're like, these two should just, I'll do, they could do anything. <laughs> right. And they still seem to be having fun. And these are the last two weeks of the run. Yeah. 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 They're having a blast. But when I got into Sondheim, like, for me, the Sondheim one, like you ever see Sunday in the Park with George? Nope. That's, what is that one? That's a, a musical. Do you know the painting in Ferris Bueller? The, it's it's Sunday in the Sunday in the afternoon of, uh, Sunday on the island of La Grande Jeanne. It's a um, George Seurat painting and it's pointillist. Oh, and yes. it's famous I know the painting. I hate yeah. Ferris Bueller. Okay. So, okay. Um, so, so that, that is fine. But in it's famous in partly because like they zoom in on it in Ferris Bueller, okay. you can see the yeah, dots. Yeah. The mm-hmm. musical is about the painter of that painting, and all the characters in that painting are the characters in the musical. Oh. And it's a musical about art. It's a musical about like making this what? thing. Good yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. It's, Holy so smokes! It's, yeah, it won the Pulitzer Prize. Like it's like a really ambitious. It's like oh way too God. ambitious, and people think it's pretentious. And I'm like, I'm fine with you thinking it's pretentious, but it's really beautiful. And it, you know what? That pretension, he nailed it. He nailed gradu- it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that's not accessible, Jackie? <laughs> right. It's uh, not everything is accessible. I'll tell yeah. you something about monster trucks. They can sometimes be fun and oftentimes be boring, but uh, so they're not accessible to everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a. I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. Um, and as an artist, like you'll appreciate this. The most, I think, the most famous song in that show is called "Finishing the Hat," and it's a character George Seurat singing about how long it takes to just do the hat in the drawing and it's like it's kind of like writing a joke he's like i'm missing people's lives i'm missing romance but i'm just focused on this one little piece of art yeah and like you take a comedian or a playwright or a novelist to see it and they're like i know that feeling you're looking at life through the window you're focusing on your craft right right and you're you're the the world is burning around you literally right (laughs) so is that is there any of his, because I've seen Sweeney Todd, quite honestly, too many times. I get it. <laughs> it's, that's not my favorite. It's I get not it. my favorite. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, the thing is, is Andy loves Sweeney Todd. I think my husband, mm. he, it's, I think it's his favorite one. Mm-hmm. And um, and it is funny and it is dark. And if it's done correctly, it's kind of hysterical. Like yes. if the interpretation of Sweeney Todd kind of has to be, you have to believe it. Yeah. You, right. Yeah. Like it was the way Sutton did Mary and the Librarian as opposed to the movie, which is Shirley Jones. Yeah. She I mean, I literally it was this sort of just sort of more dark, the darker, more sophisticated kind of version of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd, I think, has to be played sophisticated. Totally. Yeah. I saw it. I saw the last version of it. They do it in a pie shop. So the people in the front two rows are like sitting at tables eating pies. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's immersive. I know it's real. It's pretty gross. <laughs> um, but we, like sometimes, kind of like Shakespeare in a certain sense, where you can like you can adapt it and you can make these kind of bold choices with it. Like they just did Company. They just switched the lead. They gender bended it and turned Bobby, a boy character, into a girl character, and it kind of like changes the the sexual dynamic. It changes some of the other genders. It's like. And sometimes so kind of important to musical theater that people are like, yeah, let's try it. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. 
what I liked about this version, because um, I, I have an actual question. First, well, let me do that. This question first. What's the company about? What's company about? Company is another great one. Company's about Bobby, this in this historically a dude character, turns right. 35 and he's a womanizer. Okay. And all of his married friends are like telling him, telling him about marriage. And okay. it doesn't really have a plot. It's more of like, you meet this character and he has this kind of marriage. And you meet this character and he has this kind of marriage. Okay. And there's a lot of wisdom in it. And it's it's very New York. It's like the most New York thing in the world. Is it singy? Is there it's, uh, it's music? Singy. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's honestly kind of like 12 scenes. Okay. And then like there's a song that ends each scene. It's okay. kind of like a series of vignettes about marriage. Um, and it's great. That's huh. probably, that's in my top three. It's really, oh. really great. All right. Um, and are there, like, because the movies that I've seen are Into the Woods and Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd. Yes. Are there other Sondheim movies? Did they that make is, movies out of them? That is an amazing question. So right now they're working on a Merrily We Roll Along um, that's going to take like 12 years to make. Like they're doing it like, or 15 years to make. It's it's a Richard Linklater. It's his next like, um, okay. before sunrise, before sunset, um, after uh, series, but he's doing it with Beanie Feldstein and they're recording like basically like a scene a year for 15 years, kind of like boyhood. Oh, wow. Because um, what's Meryl is Merrily Does it take place supposedly in linear time? So it takes place in reverse chronological order. So they start out as a friend breakup and the movie ends with them becoming friends. Oh, uh... yeah. And it's about creation. It's about a playwright and a, a lyricist and a playwright, and then their friend who's a, a journalist. Okay. And it's a show, but it's honestly a show about friendship. It's one I've been listening to a lot as I write my show. Right. Um, because they're they're talking about collaboration and um, they have a falling out. And that one, I think the music is for me more fun to listen to than actually watching it. But if you go right now, you can see Harry Potter in it. So that's always fun. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who I think was another kid who needed to act. Yeah. Because uh, that guy clearly is like, I'll do whatever you want. What do you need me yeah. to do? You want me to play yeah. a villain in a Sandra Bullock movie? I'm there. I love when a rich guy just is like, I'm going to do Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be Weird Al. And uh, I'm going to be the most ripped Weird Al. That has ever existed. I'm uh, sure Weird Al is like, yes, please. I would like yeah. to. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, it must feel like uh, like that Lenza AI thing to see Daniel Radcliffe play you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, wow, that would be great if I look like that. Yeah. And uh, what was so uh, – so what I, what I liked about um, – because you were talking about the, the, the gender and sexuality swap. Mm-hmm. Um. Last night in the Music Man, and I don't know if this is because of Hamilton or because of Black Lives Matter or because of whatever, but mm-hmm. they, it was all races were in the Music Man. Yeah. They just and- cast <laughs> actors. They just cast people instead yeah. of cast white people. <laughs> and can you imagine people. being like, uh, the show takes place in Iowa. It's just like, get talented people on the stage. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> right. I'll tell you something else. I've been to Iowa and not everybody is mean. <laughs> and not everybody is a rube. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so exactly, exactly. How about any number of things have to be sus- sustained your disbelief? How about that? Totally. We're in New York City. Like, yes. like cast the best actors. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have and and it and it it just there's everyone needs work. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Get these. They need their 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 SAG cards and shit. Let right, <laughs> right. Just audition human bodies. Yeah, and yeah. like the quartet was made up of all like even different ages. Right. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like one one of the guys was older, and the other three looked like they were in their thirties and forties. And you know, yeah. Uh, you want to know a fun thing about me? I used to sing in a competitive barbershop quartet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to uh, Gabe Mollica, awesome dork, fat, multifaceted dork, Gabe Mollica. A show is called Solo, a show about friendship. You were in a competitive acapella barbershop barbershop. Quartet? So barbershop. So I was in an acapella group also, but the okay. barbershop quartet in college, I had this music professor who was like studied like classical music, whatever, but his like side hobby was he was like the chairman of the barbershop harmony society. Which, like, there's different regions of America, and so you compete to, like, win your region, and then if you win that, you get to go to international competition. Wow. And so we won, like, the collegiate division of, like, Northeastern America. Okay. And we were supposed to, like, we qualified to sing in Las Vegas at some, like, and by international, I mean U.S. and Sweden. Exactly. I was like, I was like, so you in Canada? What's happening? Yeah, it's, there's uh, no, like, Chile, you know? like Right. I mean, the whole world is not involved. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. But it was fun to say international. But, it was? So, uh, barbershop is really, like, technical singing because, like, when you play notes on a piano, um, you can, like, be in tune or be out of tune, whatever. But with barbershop, like, it kind of becomes even thinner margins. So you could be like, go, I need you to cycle down like a half, a half tone. So it's the same note, but like the frequency is like a little different. So the tuning gets like real crazy. Do you sing in your solo show? You know, I don't, but people have brought it up to me where they're like, it might need to I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. Uh, You may want to expand briefly and just do a little song. At the end of the Music Man last night, for no reason. They added a scene where Sutton and um, Hugh are tap dancing. Oh, yeah. Just because they know how to tap dance. Let them cook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, my gosh. Um, yes. Okay. So, the... So there's company, there's Sunday in the park, there's uh there's Merrily We Roll Along, there's Sweeney Todd, there's Into the Woods. What else is there? Um I think there's a really for people who are like kind of new to Sondheim, there's yes, a please. thing you can listen to called Sondheim on Sondheim, which is a show I saw on Broadway. Oh. And if you listen to it in order, they kind of like go through his career and different musicals and like he talks between the songs a little bit and he'll be like my first show was a flop. Like I wrote, I wrote it in high school and then it'll be a 30 second intro. And then like, there's a little clip from that song. Okay. Um, and so I love that one as an intro to people is because you get a, his whole career. Is that a documentary or? It was a show that they did on Broadway. Okay. And then they released, it's now like on Spotify. You can just okay. like listen to the album. Oh, then you can just listen to the album. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I really recommend that because I think it's, um, you know, certainly cheaper than going to see a musical. Um, yep. And the, oh, the other another fun one is Assassins. The your your listeners might like Assassins. It's about um, this one. It's I'm not as familiar with it as I am some of the other ones, but it's about um, people who have assassinated or attempted to assassinate presidents. And I it's know, from their perspective. I know this one because Sarah Vowell went and uh-huh. saw it at the beginning of her assassination vacation book. She describes going to see Assassins. Yep. Yep. And then it's later a, in the book, she saw 1776. 
Uh, also <laughs> a musical. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that one. That one's in like the Sweeney Todd kind of like genre in that it's like overtly dark. Okay. And I was not raised as like a horror kid or like a um, like that wasn't the stuff I was into. Like I'm kind of more into like the sweeter ones or the more yeah. like dramatic ones. But um, for the people that love assassins, they're like, this is the one for us. Like, okay, um, yeah. But the, it's great that he's it. got different genre. I mean, yeah, he the, never did the same thing twice. It's pretty cool, right? Like, Out of the Woods literally feels like a sword and sorcery tale, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. What, what did she say about Prince Charming, or Prince Charming say about himself? I'm charming. I'm not. Yeah, it was basically charming, not sincere. That's it, sincere. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many great lines. Like, yeah. the writing is just spot on. There's, there, it's essentially like, the, not to, it, it belittles them to call them witticisms mm-hmm. because of, of how smart those lines are. So, yeah. Um, I, I will say one other thing for your listeners to, to earn my full nerd credentials, but I used to write Stephen Sondheim letters. So I have like five or six letters from him. Oh, um, he responded. And he responded, yeah. And it first it started as a fan thing in high school. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the day before, like when he died, there's like an Instagram account where like they'll post your Sondheim letter yeah. and like the South Park guys had them. Like every anybody who wrote to him had them. But this was when I wrote to him in like 20, 2010, 2011, like there was nobody, re- like I didn't know that he was going to respond. I didn't know it was a thing. So right. I like found his address on a Broadway blog and he wrote back. And then I got a, uh, like a grant in college to study into the woods. We like studied the music of it with a professor. Okay. And I, so I started writing him like technical questions. Like, how did yeah. you put it together? Like, and in into the woods is all these little like musical, uh, motifs that he like uses over and over and over again. Okay. And so I got all these like technical letters from him. Uh, and he would always type them out on a typewriter and then hand sign them. Okay. So yeah. all the letters are typed out so you can read them mm-hmm. and then he mm-hmm. signed it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which I think I appreciate as like uh, the guy was also a teacher, you know, like he is this like kind of like towering uh, at times pretentious figure. But like he's also responding to fan mails from chubby boys from Long Island, which I appreciate. (laughs) Right. Because was he might have been a chubby boy from Long Island (laughs) and uh, at one point in his career. Yeah. So (laughs) I just yeah, I just watched. um there's a American Masters thing on PBS right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Cavett and uh, talking about Groucho Marx. Oh, great! And um, I loved Groucho Marx when I was a kid, and I've loved Dick Cavett my entire life. Even though some people don't like him, they're like, he seems like he's thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And I was like, betcha he was most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it's it's probably hard to. Might have been hard to be around him, but I think he was awesome. I really thought yeah. he was super smart and great. But there were this hour and a half uh, sort of clips of Groucho Marx and DeCavett together. The, the many times Groucho did DeCavett's show, it was, you know, the last the last hour. Well, the first half hour was great. And the last ha- hour well, at a half hour, he says something like he introduces his wife and daughter in the in the audience. They uh-huh. stand up, take a bow. He turns away from them and says to Dick Cavett, still on mic, still on television, but beautiful family. You'd think I wouldn't cheat. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ, Groucho. No. <laughs> I know. And then like the next hour is sort of peppered with some weird 
Groucho Marx is superhuman, right? Like yeah. he is a he is an alive, flawed human being. Yeah. And he's like in his nineties and he gets some thirty-five year old actress who was his who ended up being his like lover and secretary. She ended up killing herself when she was oh, in her forties. But yeah. he he was long dead. But um yeah. But uh, but I guess she got a lot of shit for hanging out with Groucho. But I, I mean, when you think about some of these old guys, yeah. right? I would hang out with Mel Brooks. Yes, I don't oh, know that I would let TV him touch dinners me. With Mel. But are you kidding me? It was I mean, if you'd be willing to, you know, I I'd go get him I'd a cup of coffee. I get him a cup of coffee. I'd make yeah. him, you know. Yeah, you have some roast beef, you watch some TV. I feel like it would be great. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think about Sondheim, and I mean, I think he was, like, I do think people think he's pretentious, and they do think that he is, but he was also a whole person too, you know? Mm, totally. And so he gets, you know, everyone gets to, I mean, it'd be nice if, like, most of the people I know the flawed person that they are doesn't mean that they do sex trafficking, right? Yeah, they're yeah, not, yeah. you know, it, it was, and I don't <laughs> they're know. They're a little rough. <laughs> right. Right. They're just, you know, they're, they're James Corden. They're shitty to wait staff, right? Yeah. You're yeah. just like, that's not cool. And yeah. perhaps you will have learned at this point that yes, they're at work <laughs> and you aren't. How about yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't you cut that everybody is, at work some slack? That's so funny and true because like I, I I'm reading this new Sondheim book that just came out. It's all conversations with him. It's by oh. DT Max called Finale. And at one point the guy was the journalist. They're at like some like the not the Met Gala, but like something at the Natural History Museum. And he's like, Yeah, like I love the new Sunday in the Park with George. I cried during the second act. And Sondheim goes, Yeah, everybody cries during the second act. <laughs> <I was like, laughs> And it seems like at that point, he's heard all the comments. Exactly. exactly. And he's just like, anything new? Did you get anything new out of it? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. Uh, the second act is very sad. Congratulations <laughs> for understanding the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, like, is that like the kindest thing that anyone's ever said? Like, no, it's like, it's almost funny. So you kind of have to embrace, like, I think that's like all artists are like they're whole people. Like that's what makes them great. Yes. Um, and we yes. have to em embrace that. Um, yes. And it's okay. Yeah. It's, uh, even if that right? is like, if you, if we said that about one of our jokes, we'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh, you cry during my clothes or like everybody cries. During, like we'd be Everyone like, this person's an asshole. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 Oh, you thought that was funny. It's like when anyone says, I love to laugh to me. Yeah. I am, yeah. I have to stop myself going. Everyone loves to laugh. What's yeah. happening? What's happening? For me, so, can I tell you a red flag I have in the dating app when they yeah? say, what are you looking for? And they say, someone to make me laugh. I go, make you laugh? Like, we're going to laugh together in the good <laughs> relations. What do you mean make me laugh? Right. Yeah, I want you to make me come. That'll be How about that? How about that? Too, too much information. I'm so, so sorry. Yes. It's, uh, but I was just like, that's actually quite funny. Um, I'm writing that down. I'm so yeah, that's sorry. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, uh, please. Can yours. I use that? Okay. Oh, my so, God, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if uh, I see you doing this, I'm going to be so happy. Oh, you just be proud. Just be <laughs> yeah. psyched. It's, uh, it, I, I appreciate uh, all riffing turning into stand-up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I will say, because uh, I was at the club the other night, and there are – because I don't think Sondheim was a monster, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. don't. I don't think there's going to be a reveal that he was. There, there's a fun. The only story there's some rumor that there was like 
he was like into twinks and at one point they were at a party and somebody like went up to his room and went into the wrong door and there's like a little like twink like tied up in his bed and they go steven what's going on in your room he goes he asked me to oh is that is that a bondage uh somebody yeah, pretends like a, that like they're a, a playful kid? yeah like a okay. playful kind of like or twink is just kind of like everyone's consenting yeah i don't everyone's think consenting, I, everyone's of an age yeah right? yeah i don't get the sense uh, we're gonna get that scandal from him right yeah. well right because i mean i was just like i if someone is 18 that is just a bad choice of an adult and it's yes and the 50 year old who's dating that 18 year old is probably gross and i'm not inviting them over to the house yeah. uh but if you're dating a 15 year old because they her dad said you could we don't talk. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you and no. I, I got nothing to say to you, buddy. So Totally. For me, it's like a vibes thing, too. I'm like, I'm 30. and like, I'll talk to a 24-year-old. I'm like, oh, we, we couldn't date. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know that arbitrary rule, half your age plus seven? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I mean, it would be 22 that you were, which feels super young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, Way that too young. you would be able to date. And yeah. me, it doesn't feel old enough. Like sure. it's a different thing where 22 is way too young, but yeah. half of what, uh, 25, uh, 30, it would be like 35, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, cause I'm 57, whatever that math is, yeah, uh, yeah. it would, a 35 year old, I'd be like, well, this is enormously flattering, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I mean, when my dad, my father sometimes talks about how 40 is too young for him and he's 85 and I'm or too <laughs> old for him. Yeah. And when he was in his 70s and dating some very young women uh, in their 30s and whatever, I would say, yeah. dad, here's a rule. You can't go out with anyone who doesn't know how to work a fountain pen because that's how you grew up working <laughs> yeah. a fountain pen. Yeah. So and he's yeah. like, I don't want to talk to you right now. All right, yeah, and so, and, yeah. but he is talking about thirty-five-year-old women who have made, you know, that's yeah. them making weird life choices. You do whatever totally. you do, you whatever, and totally. um, so, but I do love that about that that because we, I genuinely think we need our heroes, right? Mm, and, for sure. And there is some responsibility. You wanted to be famous, shitty asshat. Yeah. You, how about you keep it in your pants? And are some sort of example of a yeah. of a halfway decent human being. You don't yeah. have to be perfect. I'm not perfect, yeah. <laughs> you know. But there are 19 people who give a shit of what I'm like. Yeah, who would be disappointed if yeah. if something? Absolutely, that's a really good way to think about it. It's like, um, don't let down your friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't be a shitty person. <laughs> I asked for this. I literally mm. went on stage with the it and so. Part of the social contract of that is that I, I'm not going to be gun running. That's what, you know, I, you know, that's not where it's all going to. I'll I'll tell you what, when you do a show about friendship, Anthony DeVito was giving me shit for this. He's like, you're not going to get women in your DMs. You're going to get dudes being like, do you want to watch football? (laughs) (laughs) And that's like kind of happened. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I yeah, I said I wanted friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting about the friendship thing. We're we're getting close here, but I would say this is I think friendship for me, like I have probably a hundred friends. Mm-hmm. And they're all up here. I mean, there's like the deep sort of friendships where we talk about real things. Mm-hmm. Those are harder to have. Those are harder to sustain. Totally. 
to be the, that honest with another person. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a piece of my show where like my mom, my best friend, like my oldest friend, Nick, where my mom goes, oh my God, his sister's going to have a baby. How does he feel about being an uncle? And I was like, what? Like, I have no idea how he feels about anything. Like, right. that's just like not the kind of male, like for most dudes, like that's not kind of the kind of friendships we have. Right. You were all raised in some sort of weird, broken, you should stab him before you hug him kind of thing. Yeah, yeah truly. Yeah. And so like that, that frame so i always had this like kind of like love triangle story me best friend girlfriend story yeah and for years i would kind of tell it and it would do well but it wasn't until i started like putting the lens of like this is a whole show about friendship not just this one story that happened a long time ago mm -hmm. then it's everything started to like make sense um because i agree with you like it's it's funny when you when you do a show where you say this is a show about how i have no friends like Certain people are like, but what about me? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't, you, you gotta watch, you gotta see the show. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm not saying, I have a, one of my best friends here in New York is like, we're best friends. And I'm like, okay. And uh, she's like, but we're best friends. I was like, I think I have several people that I, you're, I mean, she is literally, I don't have a best friend. I have yeah. many friends that are some of the best people I know. Yeah. yeah. And thus, Yes, we are best friends, but I, Maria, I bought her a, I, I was at an ornament shop. I don't usually buy crap. Like I was yeah. like, throw this out for me. The old Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah, so I, I yeah, don't buy yeah. a lot of, I don't buy a lot of <laughs> gifts for people because I think, and, and it was a dumb gift, but I was like, it's almost Christmas. I'm going to, and then it was a, a, an ornament shop where you could make an ornament. Mm. Like you could get an ornament personalized mm -hmm. and it was an ornament of a piece of cheese and a noodle and it said best friends on it. And so I had it, Maria, Maria and Jackie, 2022. And oh, I great. said, you are the, I am the cheese. You are the noodle and <laughs> we are friends. And yeah. uh, so, but if I saw but that specifically spoke to that kind of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Quite honestly, I am the fucking cheese and she is the fucking noodle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, different combinations. Like, like with, with a certain friend, like I'm the talkative one. And with a certain friend, I'm the quiet, shy one. Like, it's always context-based. And I think it's in the Amy Poehler book where she's like, best friend is a tier. <laughs> like, it's a tier of friendship. It's not a one person. I, there, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a good one. That is good. That is good. There are, I have several people on that tier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that mm -hmm. is good for you, Amy Poehler. Come on. <laughs> uh, Gabe, it has been an hour, just so you know. Um, Gabe like Mollica, It felt like 10 minutes, but I did get to hear a lot about Sondheim. I've done other episodes about musicals, even other episodes about Sondheim. I will eventually see more Sondheim. But I, because of it, I saw Into the Woods, or I saw... What did I see? I saw something because of the last Sondheim one I see, so I'm hoping oh, nice. to see something new now. I'm going to go back and listen to that one. That's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. But thank you so much for doing the Dork Forest. Everybody, follow Gabe uh, Malika on the on the socials. It's Gabe Malika. It's at Gabe Malika. Uh, and um, the show's where? What uh, theater is it on? It's at the Soho Playhouse, which is the same theater they had Fleabag and Nanette, and lots of cool stuff has been there. Oh, that's so cool! And uh, and you're invited anytime, Jackie. And I'm doing it twice in L.A. Also, the 27th and 20 no 28th and 29th in L.A. at okay. the Yard Theater. Oh, the Yard. So come check okay. me out. Yeah, guys, uh, do this solo a show about friendship. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show. And uh, Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? 
If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?